Are you bored living a mediocre life? We were too, and we know how to change that. Each week, we'll leave our comfort zones to explore a new topic, then step onto our soapboxes, a safe space to sound off on our latest adventure. Come explore with us. All opinions are welcome. This is a mindset. This is a lifestyle. This is Siren Soapbox. Hello, fellow explorers. Welcome to Siren Soapbox. We're on a mission to explore beyond comfort zones, and we're really starting to make waves. Ready to take the first step outside of your comfort zone? Dive into SirenSoapbox.com, where you will find links to our blog, magazine, YouTube channel, and movie club. So many ways to explore. Pick one today and experience life outside your comfort zone. If you're listening to this recording on its release date, it is the ever-feared Friday the 13th, and we're diving into all things cursed and haunted. Brace yourselves. We have two in 2023. According to Wikipedia, there is evidence of both Friday and the number 13 being considered unlucky, but there is no record of the two items being unlucky in conjunction before the 19th century. For instance, evidence that 13 is unlucky first showed up in Norse mythology. Twelve gods had a party in Valhalla. Loki arrived as the 13th guest, first uninvited. Loki orchestrated one of the gods to murder the other, and this started 13 being a cursed number. We do see 13 and Friday together with Jesus' Last Supper. Twelve disciples and Jesus gathered on Monday, Thursday, the night before Jesus' crucifixion on Good Friday. The first official record of specifically Friday the 13th being on the calendar and being cursed is when a character in an 1834 play states, I was born on Friday, December 13th, 1813, from which comes all my misfortunes. Consequently, this date may actually be safer than other days. According to a Dutch Center for Insurance Statistics, people are preventatively more careful and just stay home on this day. The media, of course, has taken off with this idea with horror movies and superstitions. And interestingly, if you were in Italy on Friday the 17th, They claim it to be unlucky. The sirens are out to prove that cursed and haunted items are around us all the time. You just have to look for them. We set out to find 13 cursed and haunted items and then illustrated them like Mama Goblin does. But first, if at any time the conversation gets too intense, the safe word is... Mango. Mango. Oh, oh. That was for TC. Yeah, exactly. First up on her soapbox is Mer. I had so much fun searching for cursed and haunted objects. I thought I would, I thought that I would just find things lost on the ground like our friend Emily does, but that doesn't, that wasn't really the case for me. I learned by listening to another podcast, Drinking the Kool-Aid, that eBay has a cursed item select section. And that's where I found one of my cursed items. It's a doll. The dolls are always haunted. And while I was looking on eBay, I remembered a doll question mark that I saw at a brewery in Asheville a few years ago. It was a rubber ducky whose head was replaced by a baby doll head. And then they cut a hole in the top of the baby doll head so that they could grow a spider plant out of the head of this thing. Creepy. 
I also took a screenshot of a candy dish that features a little devil that one of the hosts of drinking the Kool-Aid received as a gift from her mom. That's totally haunted. Then I did some research on haunted places here in Cincinnati, where I live, and the internet did not disappoint. I visited a gazebo that is supposedly haunted by the ghost of a woman who was killed there by her husband about 100 years ago. I also found three headstones that were uncovered during a renovation of a large city park. I took pictures of the Saddamsville Rectory, which is or is not haunted, depending on who you ask. Mark and I took a drive down Lick Road, where there is supposed to be a woman named Amy haunting the cul-de-sac because her boyfriend murdered her there long ago. Uh, We took a ghost tour. The sirens, some of the sirens and I took a ghost tour together and we learned about some of the haunted buildings in Cincinnati's historic OTR neighborhood. And then Mark taught me about this item. It's called the Merchant Ball. It's a two-ton marble ball that sits on top of a pedestal and it apparently moves on its own at some points to it weighs like 5,000 pounds um this one's kind of funny Mark and I found an unopened unused condom and felt sad for the people who didn't get to use it clearly they're cursed (laughs) (laughs) The thing that put me most outside my comfort zone was drawing the items we found. I am terrible at drawing, even though I think I'm pretty good at painting. They're totally different skill sets. I settled on drawing a a drawing I did of the rubber ducky baby plant. And it's just as scary as the actual piece itself. So, Sarah, how did you decide what to look for? Well, I had a tough time figuring out how I wanted to approach this project, kind of like you. I wasn't sure, like you, about just going out and hoping to find cursed or haunted things, mostly because I wasn't sure what I would be considering as cursed or haunted. I mean, I know curse can mean anything from experiencing bad luck um, or bad luck caused by a magic curse. So, and also what is a curse? Um, I'm pretty well-versed on cursing as in swearing, but a curse can also be something that's supposed to make a supernatural power inflict harm or punishment. I personally think cursing is therapeutic. So no, I didn't just go out and find graffiti curse words. But I had the same issue sort of with finding haunted things. I mean, haunted implies ghosts. And as I've said before here, I have a hard time believing in an afterlife and ghosts are supposed to be lost souls that are unable to cross over completely. So I know this is a very long answer to your question, Mer, but I finally (laughs) figured out what to do. I made a list of the things that creeped me out for whatever reason and went looking for them. I started with our old haunt, Ha, Bobby Mackey's. I confidently drove back over there on my own and parked in the lot to get out and take a picture. Only I couldn't, because I was alone and the place was closed and it's creepy as shit, as we already know. So I took a picture from my car. I did manage to drive a little bit closer and took a picture of the creepy door at the front. And then I drove away really, really quickly. Not that because (laughs) I was scared of the ghosts. I was just freaking scared in general. I then thought about death and ghosts and how I don't believe in them really, but how maybe I am more creeped out by them than I'd like to think. And I thought of the places then that remind me of death. Well, I do work in a hospital where there is the high likelihood that deaths have happened, not on my watch, of course. And I remembered the cross on the wall in each OR. 
and the creepy picture of God peering over the shoulder of a surgeon. I mean, he's not even, doesn't even wear a mask or a hat or anything. Anyway, I got a picture of those. A cemetery was a logical choice, so I found a pretty old one that looked super creepy. And there was a statue on the cross there too. A little far away to see clearly, but if you see my picture of it, it is creepy. So I got a picture of that. Then I found a picture of the dead fish that is the Bonefish Grill logo. I have always thought that to be really odd. And then I found some Stephen King DVDs. Enough said about creepy there. I took a picture of it and a picture of The Shining. I mean, come on. I also have a picture of the fog on the Ohio River when it was crazy cold out because that looked like it was straight out of a Stephen King movie. Lastly, I went for the obvious choices. Bill and I went to Ghost Baby, which is a Cincinnati bar that claims to have ghosts roaming around. I also found an old chandelier on the floor of the stairwell in there. Very creepy. It was lit up and everything. And of course, I went on the ghost tour with Murrah and Lots of ghosty things in Cincinnati. Um, my illustrations, ooh, I'm still deciding which one I want to really choose to illustrate. And uh, when I do, I'm sure it will just be awesome. <clears throat> Jess, were you nervous about this challenge? Yes, I was super nervous. But I did actually enjoy this challenge more than I thought I would. I was pretty nervous because I don't enjoy drawing, mostly because I think I'm terrible at it. But once I started keeping an eye out for things, I saw a lot of items that really made me wonder what the stories were. There were also a couple things I know the story about that immediately came to my mind, so I included those. My items were a spider that has made its home outside the screen on my deck. I mean, spiders are just creepy anyway. And I'm pretty sure it's cursed because Faye is convinced she's going to yell at it until it leaves, which has been like 24 hours a day. Faye is my cat, in case you guys were wondering. A, uh, I also took a picture of a creepy, scary-looking bridge that's down my street. It goes over the river to nothing, and it starts at nothing. And it looks like if a cat walked on it, it would just collapse. Um, I took a picture of the Cocoa Palms Resort, which is famous from Elvis's movie Blue Pacific. It was destroyed in a hurricane, and it has been bought and rebought about four different times since then. So I'm pretty sure it's cursed because nobody wants to deal with it. A random suitcase that I saw in the middle of the sidewalk with no one around. Kind of wonder what the story is there. Yeah. Uh, a very old looking truck that is half engulfed by grass on the side of the road. Kind of wonder what happened there. <laughs> a doll in a video game that Ben and I have been playing and it freaks me out anytime it pops up on the screen. Also, side note, the name of it is actually called Creepy Doll. And the item description just has question marks. A heiau, which is a type of Hawaiian temple. Um, there are many different types of them that have different uses. But the one that I drew and took a picture of was used for human sacrifice. Uh, one random flip-flop on the side of the road. A broken boogie board in the trash at the beach. Obviously, something went wrong for somebody there. <laughs> and a flattened toad. That sadly did not make it across the road. So he had a bad day. He lost that game of Frogger. Exactly. That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> Some things I noticed as I was driving around, so I didn't manage to get pictures of them because I didn't want to, you know, just be that weirdo that stops in the middle of the road and sticks their camera out the window. 
But I tried to draw out those ones that I didn't really get good pictures of. And that was actually fun trying to remember the details about them. I'm still nervous that I'm going to end up possessed because of this challenge. And if I do, I'm haunting all you ladies. Just a heads up. Elsie, where did you go to look for cursed items? Well, first of all, if you're not possessed from Bobby Mackey's, then I think you'll be okay. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> Uh, well, to answer your question, and most of the questions and challenges I face, water. Well, near it anyways. I think it's because it's always moving, changing, and connect people through thousands of miles. It can be beautiful, mysterious, and life-giving, but also destructive, haunting, and deadly. When I was on holiday in the Florida Keys, I thought it would be the perfect location to look. Day one, there were not one, but three very poorly constructed abandoned boats right outside our rental. I'm talking some made out of styrofoam, some made out of 55-gallon drums. I was thinking, man, this challenge is going to be too easy. Upon further research, we discovered that they were immigrant boats. And while we were in the Keys, it was declared a state of emergency on the islands. Out of respect, I'm not counting these, rather wanting to bring some awareness. I can only imagine how dire someone's situation must be to blindly navigate the ocean to freedom. I did visit Fort East Martello Museum in Key West. It is the original site of the southernmost Union Fort. And it is also home to Robert the Doll. He makes many top 20 lists of the most cursed objects in the world. It started way outside my comfort zone, but as the night went on, it wasn't that bad. I mean, the guides told a good story and we got to investigate on our own. My brother did catch a weird orb that was reminiscent of the ones the sirens caught at Bobby Mackey's. However, a lot of it seems to be imagination, especially if you're in a creepy, dark location. I mean, don't get me wrong, I've seen my share of hauntings, but this place just seemed creepy, not haunted. I did get to go on tour uh, at Cincinnati with Sirens Murr and Sarah. No sightings there either. We did search the Little Miami River, and that's where I went for shore treasures too. The key here was to look for things that were out of place. I found weird shaped vines, a stump that looked like a gargoyle, children's toys, a flip-flop chewed on by a dog, a leash, and my favorite is what looks like it could be a shard of glass from a telegraph insulator. Interesting to imagine what messages it could have helped transport. My biggest takeaway is that maybe an item is cursed because of the power we give it. I know I've had jewelry and items that I've gotten rid of because it seems like I have a string of bad luck when I wear them. As for illustrating, that was the fun part for me. Our guest this week is Emily Dubious. She is a content creator who likes to focus on the chaotic side of life and creativity. Emily explains, creativity is not just about art. It's a way of seeing the world. She is known for going to the beach or even just for walks and finding treasures. She also notices haunted or cursed objects and then draws them. Emily enjoys being unapologetically enthusiastic about the things that she enjoys and sharing that enthusiasm with others. Sirens, please join me in welcoming Emily back to this episode of Siren Soapbox. Yay! Welcome! Hello! Welcome back! <laughs> welcome so back, great to be back! I love it. Thank you for having me back again. Of course. We couldn't wait. We were so excited for this episode. So Emily, we're curious, can you remember the first haunted or cursed item that you found and what made you think it was haunted or cursed? How did all of this start? So it sort of was a several tiered thing. I certainly know, um, I mean, growing up in England, as I'm, I'm sure there are equivalents uh, in America, uh, you get warned 
of, you know, things like fairy rings, uh, the rings of mushrooms that it's like, absolutely, you must not stand in the ring of mushrooms or you'll be transported away by the by the fae, which is becoming an increasingly, you know, positive sounding um, possibility. The more at the moment these days, it's a bit like, hmm, that doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> I um, know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I sort of that sort of slight um, myst- sort of mystery, curse, magical sort of background to sort of growing up. But I definitely remember a specific time where I, of, of finding something where you just go, I this is it. I need to go and burn this or something. <laughs> Otherwise, I will <laughs> never be free, which was um, when I was studying at uh, in Amsterdam. I studied at the University of Amsterdam and we went to this massive, me and some friends, this huge um, like flea market, like boot sale, bigger than any of the ones we normally see in the UK. It was absolutely massive. Me and my friend were walking around. Um, and I think she found it actually. She sort of said, Oh my god, Emily. And I, I turned around and she was brandishing at me this terrifying doll. You know, oh, of course. It's always a doll. <laughs> it's always, always a doll. Always, always a, doll. a doll. But in so the doll was sort of standing instead of arms, the doll's arms were positioned right upright, and instead of arms were two candles. So it was like a candelabra. <laughs> no. <laughs> and it was the most horrifying thing I think I had ever seen. And me and my, to this day, occasionally, me and my friend will just scream at each other. Do you remember candle arms? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the curse of candle arms. I think every time anything bad happened to us on that holiday, any time we had bad luck, we were like, oh, damn you, candle arms. <laughs> candle arms curse following up just because it was just you see something sometimes and think that is straight out of a horror film no (laughs) kidding my goodness I'm surprised has there been a horror movie written about old candle arms yet (laughs) old candle arms (laughs) found in the depths Stephen King hasn't done it yet but I think I should give him a call and let him know let him know definitely missing a trick (laughs) the terror that is candle arms that is unsettling Yeah, so that was probably the first sort of cursed thing that I really found and remembered. And I remember thinking at the time, I want to uh, sort of encapsulate this somehow. Um, But at the time, I didn't draw as much. I was quite, um, I was doing my master's and I was finding creativity quite hard to keep up actively. That's actually where my um, rainbow project started that I think we sort of spoke about last time, where I look for the red, orange, yellow, green, blue and purple thing. That started while I was there because it was a sort of passively creative thing. It, it didn't require too much of my mental energy and spoons um, because I was, you know, doing a, a very long thesis. So mm-hmm. needed something a bit easier. So at the time, I didn't really draw it. Then it came to the 100 lost things, which was something entirely different at first, which was I wanted to get back into drawing And so I started drawing every time I saw a lost object, like a lone glove or a lost toy. And that already sort of had a slight, I always find, who uh, I think it was Jess, did you say, wondering what the stories were of these things? And that's when you see something, even something quite mundane, you sometimes think, oh, what's the story? Who, Who owned this glove and why is it here? And have they missed it? And all of that sort of thinking about what the stories could be. And so I started drawing these objects. And then the first time I remember um, a cursed one cropping up, it actually, again, wasn't mine. A friend of mine sent a photo because <laughs> I used to have my friends send me um, submissions for the lost things as well. 
and she sent me this photo and just said, I have just unearthed this in my back garden and I think I might need to move house imminently. And she <laughs> sent a photo of this like overgrown stone face that was oh, just screaming. Oh my gosh, no, I don't want that in my backyard. No, and she had no, like no one who lived there had any idea why that would be there. They'd lived there for years. They had no knowledge as to what this could possibly be. And it just was horrifying. <laughs> so what did she the... do with it? I think she put it back. <laughs> I think she put it back <laughs> in the hole and buried it again and spoke of it no more. <laughs> I think that's the smart thing to do. Put it back. Yeah. <laughs> this bush can go somewhere else. Yep. Put just, that dirt just, back in there. <laughs> put that right back there. Put something heavy on top of it. We will never speak of this again. <laughs> So that was the first sort of one in the Lost Things project. And once you see one, they all start cropping up. And so, yes, every time there is a terrifying doll's head or something a bit creepy, I'm now looking at it going, cursed, definitely cursed. Yeah, like that the is koala bear head. Oh, the koala bear head. The person, bless them, the person who sent me that picture uh, sent it to me first and then underneath apologized they said I possibly should have sent some sort of warning this is quite a horrifying <laughs> picture I mean, don't worry I'm here for that I'm here for the horrifyingly spooky you're okay <laughs> so drawing them has become great fun it feels like a way of exercising the demons clearly <laughs> in these objects yeah that's that was I'm gonna just go ahead and tell you guys that I would never bring an item that I thought might be cursed into my home I don't, I'm not quite sure how I feel about it. I don't know if I believe that the items can actually be cursed or not. I just better be quiet in case anything around me is cursed and is listening to what I say. Aren't you capturing the soul of whatever it is when you That's take That's what picture? I worry like about, Sarah. your very own phone. That's You've got I, that soul in your phone. That's what I worry about. So I have a whole phone full of like pictures of cursed things. But oh, isn't yeah. the internet full of cursed things if that were the case? Well, the internet is cursed. So. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially anyone who's been on Twitter this year, I think, can definitely attest to that. I've recently started um, becoming a Twitter onlooker again. I had quit for a while and now I'm sadly, happily, peeking. I'm back. I'm back. Peeking over the wall at the trash mm -hmm. fire. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, Elsie. What was, I know you had talked about Robert the doll a couple weeks ago. You said that you went to visit him. You didn't take any pictures, right? What was oh, that? Oh, hell no. <laughs> Wise. What was Wisdom. that experience like? It was really creepy at first, but I mean, they've got haunted music playing and then they take you on a tour of the fort and there are all these big sculptures that a local artist has put throughout the building and they're all like scary faces. So you're walking in the dark and you see a 10 foot scary face. And it kind of puts you on edge for a little while. And Sets then they the take mood. you. Yeah. Then they take you in a room with this big glass case that's covered with a black sheet. They tell you the whole story of Robert the doll. And it's an interesting story. I don't know that it's actually haunted. I kind of feel like it was a little boy blaming the doll for all these bad things that he did. And it carried on to his adulthood. And uh, it's in this glass case and it's tied up with wires and stuff. And apparently at some point, if you take your take his picture and you don't ask permission, then you could be cursed. And there are thousands and thousands of letters that people have written to Robert asking for forgiveness. 
but they don't show any of those letters or, you know, I don't know if it's me, I'd have piles of letters to, to prove. But anyway, I didn't think it was that scary. However, I did not take a picture because I didn't want to tempt fate. Just in case. I, I didn't think it was that scary. I didn't say that at the time, though. Just in case. <laughs> Just in case. Yeah. I'm still confused how you know you have permission. Well, I and yeah, you're supposed to ask, and then they recently just changed it to just go ahead and take the picture. But there's still the work. The whole thing's weird. I don't know. How do you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I, I mean, asked. But... I mean, if, if the doll like shook the head or nodded, like that would, I'd feel a bit more at least that the haunted thing might make more sense. If yeah, the doll but... actually moved, you'd be like, oh, okay. Ooh. At that point, though, I'd be like, you know what? I just don't even need to yeah. risk taking a picture be like, of oh, you. Maybe not. Maybe I'll just go. I'll just tell people. Fuck them if they don't believe me. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know, so. If the doll nodded at me when I asked if I could take the picture, I would probably just fall on the floor. And yeah. then I just wouldn't take the picture anyways. Leave. <laughs> yeah. Elsie, that story reminds me of um, a story that I heard once. And I don't, I don't remember the podcast now, but it was a story about the uh, curse of the petrified forest. So there's a the petrified forest national park in Arizona. They tell you not to take this wood from the park, like it belongs here. It's part of the ecosystem. Blah blah blah. Well, people, of course, take it, and then. Um, they claim that that bad things happen to them when they take this petrified wood. So they'll send it back. They have like, but you know, they don't really know where to put it. These rangers and they get it. So they have a pile of like petrified wood that people have sent back. Like, sorry, forgive me. I'm hoping this will make my bad luck go away. Please get rid of this petrified wood back to where it belongs. It's the same with the Blarney stone too, apparently. People will take little pieces of the stone and then they'll send it back with an apology really yeah well it's that um i was gonna uh this reminded me earlier of something that um so there's a sort of a political punk folk uh musician artist uh in england called billy bragg i mean i don't know how well known he is in america he's very well known here um and he actually put a post up uh just the other day that he was having some landscaping done, some work done in his garden, and the landscaper found this massive stone slab, and underneath it was this broken Celtic cross and this angel statue that looked very old and Victorian. And he went to bed that night imagining that it had been, um, you know, like a, a woman who had... Um, uh, I think it, I think he found out that the area had been like a, a sort of been used as a dump and he was like why is a grave in a dump and he was like oh no what if it was a woman who had an affair and it was the the sort of baby that they sort of hid away because you know sort of uh, the, uh, hid away in case she, they exposed their their affair or their misgivings and he was like imagining this poor baby like alone under the uh, earth be, having been buried and all of this um and he it just it, he got up that night and was physically feeling chills and really spooky um and so the next day he spoke to the landscaper and they went to look at it and he picked up this obviously very ancient old looking celtic cross and wiped the mud off it turned it over and saw a uh, saw a symbol on the back of the barcode of the local garden center <laughs> <laughs> He does this whole post about the thing there to bear in mind is the power of your imagination and exactly. the power. And that I think one of the things that happens a lot is someone will 
have what they feel is a paranormal experience and they will genuinely feel these shivers and tremors in their body, which they will ascribe to external forces, ghosts, curse or whatever. And so and then when they say that to people who don't believe them, the people who don't believe them will say, oh, you're making that up. Which they're not. They did feel something. And that's where I think a lot of that needs um, like is interesting that trying to tell someone who did feel something they didn't feel it is never you're not going to get anywhere but talking about what could have caused that feeling i find it very interesting um you were saying uh i'll see that uh in that robert the doll place it's very dark they've got these big scary faces everywhere they're clearly priming you for your imagination to really do a lot of the lift heavy lifting there mm-hmm. um which might be why people say oh i feel a tingle and it's not that they're not feeling it but our imaginations are incredibly powerful things and yes. and I, I think that's also that with the with the um, petrified forest that these people have taken a bit of the forest and then they've got this little guilt in the back of their head that then they can't let go and the power of their imagination and their guilt just every time a little bad thing happens will just be like oh it's that oh it's that oh it's that I better send that back and I feel like you attract that negative energy towards you if you are sort of focused on it internally because that is the power of our brains yeah I mean that's the power of manifestation too right the more you think about all of the negative things that are going on around you I feel like it sort of amplifies all of those things and the same with good things if you're focused on all the good things all the things you're grateful for you'll find more good things and more things to be grateful for in your life exactly so I I do find that interesting because it's it sounds like when you start talking about that, it sounds like you're saying, oh, these cursed things don't exist. It's all in our head. But our head is where our brains are, which is how we experience the entire world. Everything is in our heads. That is how that works. And so actually it's kind of saying curses, even if they come from within and our own way of perceiving the world, that makes them even more real to you and how you are experiencing things. Where it comes from, whether it's from dead people or from your experience of dead people or from just, you know, something, a bad piece of cheese you had that day. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but it is it being real for you still means it's an experience that you can, that can be your truth. Absolutely. Um, but it's good to think about where that might be coming from. <laughs> I think I know where my um, sort of discomfort with the dark and my tendency to get creeped out pretty easily by scary creepy things and I attribute it all to my good friend Stephen King because I've read too many of his books and seen too many mm-hmm. movies so I I've just real that, good at it <laughs> that tingle down my spine when something's going on and even though I'm fairly confident that it's not a ghost I've seen in a Stephen King movies to know better be creeped out better be scared yeah it's just really creepy it is an interesting thing how you even if you know I generally think I probably don't believe in ghosts as a sort of specific it's a sort of a someone who has passed away coming back I think of it more in terms of sort of energies and things like that maybe and the types of energies you attract or or um pull towards yourself but even when you're there going oh it doesn't exist if I'm in a dark house in the middle of the night and I'm hearing creepy noises upstairs I'm like I do believe a little bit (laughs) right now perhaps I'm going to take that risk yeah like just in case it's that it's the just in case I don't think this doll is haunted I'm not going to take a photo though just on the safe side (laughs) 
So Emily, have you ever had any like haunted experiences or first things that you've returned? Sadly, not really. I'm, I'm, I think I was a, I was very anxious, a very anxious child in a lot of ways. And the idea, like, just, I don't, I don't want to do something against the rules. <laughs> the idea of taking <laughs> it, I'm just like, oh, better not. Uh, I just don't want to get in trouble, really. Um, but, so, yeah, unfortunately, I've not really had much in my way of um, haunted experiences, which is a, a shame because it sounds like kind of good fun in a way. Um I know there's an entire, um, there is an entire, uh, what's it, I can't remember the name of it now. There's a research facility in, I think it's in Scandinavia, that dedicates their whole research is towards horror and the scary and being frightened. Because humans are really weird in that we will seek out being frightened as a leisure activity. Like, as you were saying, Sarah, like you read Stephen King books and watch films and you know, we love horror films, we love horror houses, we love haunted things. We like to seek it out. And that idea that using fear as a as a as leisure and as fun, there's obviously like a sweet spot of scary enough to be fun, but not so, so not scary to be genuinely terrifying or boring. I do wonder where that line is. <laughs> of seeking uh discomfort and and scary things right after we did the podcast with you over the summer you tried out your tail fins and went for a swim how was that I did I did it was cold because I that was in Scotland yeah it looked really cold it was pretty chilly uh and that was in summer and my mother does it all year round so she'll get in that sea whatever the time of year and I I'm not sure I'm quite that brave yet but we'll see maybe next time I'm up there does your mom swim in that every day did you say pretty much uh unless she's away like if she's is staying at that uh in that house she will go in with um there's a little group of them that'll go in pretty much every day unless of course if the weather is dangerous if it has been actively stormy or there was one time they had to cancel because there was a big shoal of jellyfish oh. <laughs> in the bay something like yeah that. let's not swim with a jellyfish Speaking of creepy Ugh. which no. is a bob's burgers episode by the way <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> love that series good series um but yes she generally uh does it almost every day and it's oh, that's good for her that's amazing yes it's amazing it, she says it's really really good she's had a lot of pain throughout her whole life and she says it's weirdly really good for the chronic pain it sort of shocks the system and reboots everything and she does feel you know she's like I hate it at the time but I feel better for it afterwards <laughs> wow that's crazy I'm glad TC didn't hear that yet she's been wanting us to do like a cold shower challenge like every day for like 10 minutes oh. or something <laughs> For I don't like know a whole, that cold. For like a whole week. Ooh. Yeah. I'm not, I don't want to do that, Elsie. Oh. I know. <laughs> but I mean, if Emily's oh. mom can swim in the sea, I'm sure we can do it. <laughs> yeah, but Emily's mom wears... I, did your mom wear a wetsuit? Uh, yes. She has a little wetsuit. Um, See? Like, I think it was like thing. an overshorty. It was like... Yes. Yeah. Sure. So can I put on my wetsuit to do the shower? Yes. yes. Like, very clean. <laughs> It'll be like working at the aquarium again, showering in your wetsuit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but at the aquarium, you can make the water warm. Hot. You can make it hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would make it 
very hot. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm curious as to everybody's opinion on why dolls are so creepy and haunted. I think it's because faces. Yeah. Like they, they, they have a look, they have an expression. And I also think maybe because a lot of times, I don't know, like the intention of them is to play house, pretend this is your baby. You see little kids carrying them around. They have like little personalities that these little kids have given them. And then to see them abandoned is almost like, I don't know, Toy Story-esque. I think there's just, I don't know, like there's some energy left behind that makes the doll sad. And then it, ooh, that's that's what I think. And their eyes. Yeah, the eyes. It's it's uncanny valley, I think, is the other thing. It's that they are they are usually you know they're baby shaped they're shaped usually a doll is shaped to look like a baby or a human or something but they don't look right mm-hmm. we are trained like our, our biology trains us to look for other people and to look for humans that's why one of those things where you can see faces in everything it's mm. really easy to see a face in something because our, our brains are social and primed to look for that and so in a doll you're like oh it's a human oh but it's not <laughs> <laughs> question mark (laughs) and it's that it's the that something that is like a a big monster like a very obvious monster is you know like oh it's a monster it's it's something very like entirely from the imagination but that thing of when someone smiles and the smile is just a bit too wide or the eyes are just a bit wrong it's that it's when something is just a little bit off that is for some reason incredibly more creepy than something that's you know a big gribbly monster it's that the uncanny and i think that's the uncanny valley and i think that might have something to do with it with dolls because they look like they are should be a baby but they're obviously not and it's a bit weird it's unsettling very unsettling that's it remember chucky oh i mean how can you and annabelle i haven't seen that i don't want to (laughs) <laughs> you guys seen that preview for that new movie that megan movie mm, god yeah she looks horrifying yeah she's so creepy hammering the skip even, ad button even, whenever yes, that comes up I on youtube no 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 preview. she's horrifying now her i eyes. i think it's her eyes i have not I did see the child's play or whatever the Chucky movie is, but I tend to stay away. I'm not a big horror movie, horror movie girl, especially like haunted ghost movie type things. I'm not, that's not my jam. That makes me, that makes me super scared. I'm not going to lie. My favorite type of horror film is a good cheesy eighties horror film, which is, is you don't really watch it for the horror. It's more a sort of soft comedy at that rate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Yeah. And what was it? Killer Clowns from Out of Space. Is yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. It's so bad it's good. It's exactly that. The so bad it's good tag for that. <laughs> so what was it? I was looking up lost. the other thing that was cursed a lot. So it was mostly mostly dolls. Dolls, paintings, and jewels seem to be the other one that came mm. up quite a lot. There were lots of cursed apparently diamonds and gemstones and opals the hope diamond i wonder if it's just like oh you don't want that giant diamond it's cursed i know <laughs> are you sure i don't <laughs> like 
Is was know. this was this made up by the owners of these big diamonds as a way of deterring people <laughs> from stealing them? Is that why that or little did I, they I, know that they it would just make people want them more? Right. People love a curse thing until they, yeah, they that do. would be it. If you lost your priceless diamond and then two weeks later got it back in the mail with an apology letter. <laughs> really sorry. Please take it back. <laughs> Everything's been very bad since I stole this. I think it's cursed. Please take it and the demon that possesses it back. <laughs> <laughs> While I'm at it, here's some petrified wood. <laughs> so we've got cameos that are like the best of both worlds with haunted jewelry and paintings because they have faces on them Mm, yeah that's true so is it paintings that are most haunted or photographs or just any type of art so i when i was looking it up there was a lot of paintings i think Mm -hmm. i mean that people can take there's people who have taken photos of ghosts or hauntings but rarely, I think, is it that the photo itself is cursed. It's mm. more that the photo is of something. Whereas there were quite a few examples of cursed paintings. Um, there was, uh, God, I'm going to go and forget what they're all called now. There's the Crying Boy, I think, is one of them. Um, which is just, again, it's it's all the, the same name story. Of that sounds. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're always terrifyingly creepy looking paintings. It's never like a well, beautiful that whole... vista that's cursed. Isn't there like that whole story of like the portrait of Dorian Gray? Like, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. I don't know that story, but I am the crying boy is listed as a cursed painting on mm. Wikipedia's website. The Nasty anguished the man, the anguished man, that was the other one. And then there's one about hands, there's one that's um, it's the, hands, recent. the hands resist him, 1972. Yes. That one I find really interesting because it's such a recent painting. I think I the idea that an old painting is cursed or haunted makes sense to me. But the idea that one someone painted in just the 70s is a bit, I'm like, oh, really? Um, well, here, it's kind of interesting. Here's one that was painted. Was it painted in the 90s? Yeah, I guess so. Now I got to find it again because I just scroll back up to the heading. It is called Pogo the Clown. Does anyone want to guess who painted this painting? Sounds like a, a Simpson character. <laughs> John Wayne Gacy. Oh, yes. Serial killer and part-time clown who entertained children at their parties. Also frame it in petrified wood. (laughs) That's a (laughs) whole different level of cursed and haunted. Yes. No kidding. I'm pretty, I think I heard, because I I, uh, used to partake of a, a variety of, murder horror podcasts for a while and i'm i think i heard something about that a lot of john way's gacy paintings weren't he didn't paint them he got other inmates to paint them and then just signed them oh really had a a whole production line going where he would just sort of shell them out which was hilarious yeah kind of you know one of those things where you'd be like i'd be all for it if it wasn't john wayne gacy exactly kind of like (laughs) I just feel exactly. morally opposed to anything he is doing at all. <laughs> like he does it, therefore it's bad. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one, Emily. Mm-hmm. So, did anybody experience anything weird after interacting with any of the uh, supposed cursed or haunted things that you interacted with while doing this research? Besides, so almost wrecking my car when I peeled out of the parking lot of Bobby Mackey's. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I went. I crossed four lanes of. The double A to get out of there. Wow. I did check; nothing was there. But 
I have a new appreciation for that because uh, during Christmas I was in Arizona uh, for Christmas because my sibling lives there. And yeah, your roads are terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to America. Crossing, <laughs> the idea of you crossing four lanes of them, I can really envision that now. I'm just seeing you get out of there with speed. <laughs> Mark and I thought about going to Bobby Mackey's for a drink. We just ran out of time. We did lots of stuff on Saturday, though. It was fun meeting up with you, with you girls for that Haunted Ghost tour. It um, was fun. It was. But I fun. wish we would have saw something like the inside of a building to stay warm. I know. I, <laughs> I know. I I'm not going to mention the name of the tour because I don't want to recommend them, and I also don't want to badmouth them because I do think that this poor girl, our tour guide, was very passionate about the hauntings she was just a terrible storyteller <laughs> bless her heart bless. <laughs> just needs a couple pointers yeah Although she did bring up something interesting there was like a haunted shovel in one of the antique stores that we oh, went yeah. to because it was hung on the wall and i guess they got a psychic or something to come in and they told him to use the item for its intended purpose and then the haunting stopped like, well that's kind of interesting yeah, you know, I I never bring things into my home unless I'm going to use them. And that, not because of that story, but it's just something that I've always done. Like um, my friend Jenny bought this ancient fucking egg yolk separator for me at a, uh, an antique store. So I have it hanging up with the rest of my utensils. I use that if I need to. Um, but yeah, I don't use I don't use random items like that for decoration. I have wondered but, if my monkey that you gave me, Murr, is, is haunted. <laughs> it, it came from an antique store. Mm-hmm. Does he watch you? Like, do his eyes move? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. And he's always watching me. He's right there on my desk. <laughs> yeah. There is something Not about it's ant- yeah, it's it, it's antique and secondhand and thrift shops and those kinds of things where it's it's the pre-owned. There's something about the pre-owned, the mystery, the unknown, the unknown history. And I think that's it, that... When there's an unknown history, when you don't know what the story is behind mm-hmm. the thing, your imagination is allowed to sort of run free with it a bit, which yes. gives you sort of all kinds of thoughts about, oh, what might this have been? What might have been used for? And it is a shame. I think that's it when you were saying about how the the woman doing the tour, if, if you're not a good storyteller, it's hard to sell a ghost story. It is so much about the storytelling and so much about the what you say, but also what you don't say and what how you deliver it. It's very important i think for getting the, the vibe across for something haunted, very important that, it, yeah. that gets back to elsie's robert the doll experience if they hadn't set up the music and the creepy sculptures and the dramatic unveiling of the doll behind the glass case it probably wouldn't have been uh, like if you just saw robert the doll in the street you probably wouldn't get those same vibes. I remember the first time I saw a picture of Robert the Dog, because I'd heard about it from podcasts and things, and I saw a picture. I was like, oh, he looks kind of cute, actually. He like, looks kind of cute. All right. He's not that creepy looking as far as, I mean, candle arms was much more horrifying. <laughs> candle yeah. arms in that case. <laughs> I mean, I'd be right there with you. He's kind of cute, really. This little sailor outfit and everything. Yeah, it's kind of sweet. <laughs> So uh, did you find all the skull beads? Otherwise, <laughs> if you did not, people are going to be telling stories about what I happened know. in your house. I know. I know. I was just about to mention Rosh, who was the one that hid all the beads around my house, because she also, she just moved to Brighton, where I live as well. Uh, and she found a strange curse that she 
calls owl statue that again creepy eyes hollow really heavy iron and has clearly been like painted in the past and it's all weird and creepy and she calls it the cursed owl and it lives on her bookshelf now because she apparently wanted to bring that home uh but yeah no i i have not yet found them all but i did find one in this house essentially i've moved with eight left and i assumed okay that's eight that have been swept up by the hoover or you know eaten by the dog the dog definitely didn't eat any don't worry <laughs> but yeah, no like, dogs were harmed no dogs were harmed it, <laughs> I, in other ways sort of like lost or whatever so i was like that's it i've obviously just misplaced eight somehow never mind and then i found one here amongst my things so i just like, saw that tiktok the other day i was like oh yeah. she moved it with her was it was it inside <laughs> of something yeah it was inside a sort of folded table so now I'm just like, oh no, I have to keep looking. <laughs> I'm gonna have to, because as you might be able to there see a little bit from more. the chaos back here, there are still a few boxes that have yet to be fully unpacked and searched. So Do you see the chaos back there. Chaos is my life. Chaos <laughs> is absolute. I lean into it. It's the only way to be. <laughs> so yeah, one day well, there will be a lone. To... <laughs> so if I start to feel like I'm cursed and I'm supposed to use the item as it's intended, does that mean I have to go to the Heiau and do a human sacrifice? Oh, God. <laughs> Did you bring the Heiau home with you? Oh, no. no, actually. It's very well known here in Hawaii that you don't move lava stones if you see them. Any kind of lava rock, do not move it. A oh. lot of them are actually used as essentially headstones oh. for burials. So you don't move them. You don't move them. That, that's bad juju. But apparently that's it used cool. to be like people would take them home as souvenirs of course you know huh. because people are stupid yeah um, but <laughs> we were doing a training here at work um a couple months ago and, and this gentleman was like yeah the first time I came to Hawaii was in the 80s and my wife and I took home this uh this lava rock and it's in our garden and everyone in class was like <gasps> yeah that would be like, like saying someone oh I came to like, oh, England and I Bad? saw this lovely gravestone with a date carved in it and I just took it home with me it's a bit <laughs> yeah. sort of like yeah no don't do that so, no yeah, leave so that leave, leave that alone any rocks lava rocks specifically like you could move if there were if you saw another kind of rock you can move that but lava rocks essentially is they're used thing. to make hay owls and then they are used as headstones so like right. you just don't just don't, you don't mess leave with them, them. Alone. <laughs> It's That's good to good. know. I'm glad to, I know that now. Yeah, because yes. I am one for just picking up random like rocks I find that are pretty and things like that. I would be <laughs> yes, the one. You are. Like, oh. <laughs> this is cool. So I'm glad now I know. Because I just yes, want to know. If I'd you come like, oh. visit and it's a lava rock, do not touch it. I'll leave it. I know. I know now. I have the wisdom. <laughs> It's always good to check if you are one for like because I do this on the beach things as well. All my beach crawling. It is good to. Uh, I do occasionally mention it, which if you go to a new place, always good to just check up on what the rules are where you are, because obviously sure. different beaches and different locations have different rules about what you can and can't take from the beach. Lots of very popular beaches that have a lot of foot traffic often say don't take stones from the beach because it'll erode the beach, which is kind of the protection for right. the local village or whatever. So um, always good to check on the local law of what you should and shouldn't touch. Yeah. Well, oh, and the practical or cursed reasons. Yeah, <laughs> I know that in St. Croix, you're not allowed to take shells, I think, but you mm. can take sea yeah. glass because that's garbage. They're like, just take take the garbage, please. Yeah. Sea glass <laughs> is mostly fine because it is technically, it's that, it's when, when 
I pick it up and it's like, it is, oh, it's treasure. I'm like, well, it's technically pollution. It's right. technically trash. <laughs> but it's very shiny trash. So. Right. It's very pretty trash. Pretty <laughs> trash. Most of my life is <laughs> lots of pretty trash. <laughs> so, Emily, you see that or plastic, feel free to pick that up too. Also yes. that for sure. <laughs> So Emily, since we spoke to you last, we've started doing, we started this new uh, thing at the end of our show where we ask all of our guests, what gets you out of your comfort zone and excited to explore? I would have to say it's curiosity, which I'm sure all of you are very, very familiar with. And it's that, it's wanting to know the story. It's wanting to know what's changed. It's wanting to know what's different. And it's, also being curious about the little things it's not just the big changes and the big things it's just wanting to go out and do something a little bit different or see something a little bit new and it's it's the new and the exciting and finding out that little bit of extra which I think is also why I ended up in my other job as a QI elf which is a researcher for a tv show here in England and um we research sort of interesting facts and figures and it, it gets me out of my comfort zone in ac- in sort of research as well. It's not just a physical comfort zone. It's also a mental one, which is looking into and finding out um, bits and pieces. Uh, I, I had a whole thing lined up to talk about and then I didn't need to because Elsie uh, sorted it out at the beginning. But the history behind Friday 13th, which was very succinct. We wrote about that in our first <laughs> in our first book. Funny, you should ask. And I was already but didn't need to, you covered it all. So I actually asked, (laughs) do you have my book? (laughs) I'm reading from my book over there. Oh my gosh, I should (laughs) have. I should have thought about it. I should have sent you one really. (laughs) Not very prepared. (laughs) Yeah, it's that, it's the curiosity and that, that sort of drive to find out a little bit more and find something new and different. Well, we love that answer, I think. I just spoke for everyone, but that's kind of our thing, staying curious. Absolutely. <laughs> so we want to leave our listeners with a challenge this week to go out and find some haunted or cursed items, doodle them out for us, share your pictures and drawings with us by using the hashtag Siren Soapbox and tag Emily, Dub- Emily Dubious, that's at Emily Dubious on Instagram. And you can find her on social on uh, Instagram, TikTok, Emily Thank you so much for um, joining us tonight and the coloring sheet that you sent us that we didn't even get a chance to talk to about, talk to you about. But why don't you tell your tell our listeners where they can find you? So, yeah, absolutely. As you say, Emily Dubious on any social media. If you go to a link tree forward slash Emily Dubious, you can find links to all of my social media. And I will put up a link to where you can find the uh, Lost Things Project 2020, which has its own array of uh, cursed items in there. You can scroll through and have a look. And also I'll put up a link to where you can download the coloring sheet uh, so that if you know, if you don't want to take the cursed object home, you can take <laughs> a picture of the cursed object and color it in. Maybe you can color it in and make it look less cursed. Maybe a, a nice, a nice new veneer might make it seem less frightening. Or That's more a positive challenge. <laughs> yeah, I'm working on making mine definitely look cursed, and I can't wait to tag you in it when I'm finished coloring it. Very excited. <laughs> If anyone can make that horrifying baby head look somehow not terrifying, I would be very impressed. So please. Yeah, that thing is awful. Right. <laughs> right. It's horrible. Sirens, thank you so much for sharing your stories with us tonight. And thank you, fellow explorer, for listening to this episode. 
We're going to be working on some additional ways you can support us this year. Of course, listening to the show is a huge support, and we can't thank you enough for that. We have reached 5,000 downloads, I believe. But we are also going to be putting some additional content on Patreon soon. So if you subscribe there, you'll get some bonus episodes and some video content. We're working through what all that will look like right now. If you like this show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts especially, but anywhere you listen to podcasts, really. And if you send us a screenshot of your five-star review, we'll send you some Siren Soapbox stickers. You can send that to us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, or you can email us at sirensoapbox at gmail.com. And until next time, dive in, stay curious, and be happy. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this episode of Siren Soapbox. And a special thank you to C-Strings for providing our music. Snag their latest EP from iTunes today. Follow the Sirens on all the social medias. And don't forget to tell your friends about us. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll catch you next time on another episode of Siren Soapbox.